All right, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Join us on Locker Room on Saturday evening when the Nets wrap up the playoff game against the Boston Celtics. We'll be in there talking about the game, breaking everything down. Download the app and join us over there on Saturday Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, we're going to get into things here in a second. This is a special episode. Adam is joined by John Corrales from the Locked On Celtics podcast. They're going to go through the series, break down the matchups, have a different point of view here with John having covered the Celtics all year. You're never going to get a better look than when you have a guy who's just an absolute expert in the team. That's what we wanted to do when it came to John come in, just kind of what the series held for the Nets here. It's a really wide-ranging conversation. They go in a lot of depth about what to expect for both teams, what Nets fans should sort of be prepared for when it comes to the Celtics, things to look out for in this first game, and then throughout, you know, what could be a sweep. I don't know. Could be. Maybe the Celtics, uh, you know, hang in here a little bit. John's got some really specific thoughts on the way the series can go. Adam does some breaking down of the Nets, uh, sort of what they plan on doing as a team to combat some of what the Celtics are going to throw out there. Uh, Great conversation. Get you ready for Saturday's playoff game against the Celtics Saturday evening. Just a reminder, we're going to be going uh, live on Locker Room right after that game. Right when it closes up, we'll do a podcast uh, reaction, however kind of things shake out. Call people forward, so make sure you head on over to Locker Room uh, and get a listen in there. We'll be coming on right after the Celtics and Nets on Saturday night. But without further ado, here's John Corrales from Locked on Celtics talking to your own Adam Armbrock. They get into everything you need to know, but first, you know what's happening here. The theme music. Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Adam. So what do you got? Celtics and five? Is that what I heard the other day? <laughs> is that yes, yeah, that was that what the rumors I, are? I, I thought it was was I was I not hearing that properly? Celtics being in five games, including the playing game, I think is probably physically playing in those games might be the case. This is this is hard, man. I will say just from a, a pure basketball fan standpoint, it's weird to talk about the Celtics in a relatively disparaging way when it comes to yeah. matchups because recent history, you got players, the coaching staff, like so many of the same elements are there from very successful, strong, dangerous teams, and yet... <laughs> We do not look at them at all the same way in this particular series. Right. Yeah. And I, look, I don't blame you. I was listening to your last podcast and it was a, you know, every Celtics fans are doing this. I just recorded a podcast yesterday where, you know, one of us was just like, you know, this is going to be a sweep. It's going to, you know, here, here's my number one question here for the Celtics is, is what happened this regular season exactly what's going to apply in this playoff series, or are we going to get the Celtics that made that Western conference playoff run that came back against Denver and the team that beat the Clippers twice and the team that, that has in big games stepped up, whether they've been shorthanded or not. And that that's my biggest question because the Celtics have right now what they haven't had all season long, which is rest and practice time, which no one's had, but the Celtics have, because of their short turnaround have so desperately needed it 
that I just wonder what that's going to mean. Number one, and like for them, for their own performance. And, and even if it does impact them, what does that mean for this series overall? Yeah, it's hard (laughs) to see, you know, and and again, cause I I like having good series. I, you know, it was funny when, when it was lining up, you start thinking about Washington and, and, and Boston playing each other. And you thought, well, Washington, for as good as they can be offensively, that's the kind of matchup that you love for the Nets. Yeah, try to run with us. We'll outshoot you. You won't be able to you know, keep pace. But then as you came down the stretch, Boston, it's, it's because of the injuries. I mean, yep. losing Jalen Brown being out it, onto itself, right? Because actually, Doug got himself into a little bit of hot water uh, with Twitter and, and you know the fan base when he said, listen, if you look at the players on both sides of this matchup, you know, you're going to take Tatum over Kyrie Irving. And it's not a knock on Kyrie Irving, but Jason Tatum, the position he plays, the skill set, all those things. And it's, it's in that vein of starting a franchise kind of mode. Sure. And it, you know, and then they go, he just joined Kyrie Irving, the ninth player to, you know, put up the 50, 40, 90 line and all this stuff. And you go, right. But the impact that, that Tatum can have on a game like a 50-point performance against Washington to get into this position is something that's very unique for, for that skill set, that player, that age, all of those things. The unfortunate part is Tatum could put up 50 points a game against the Nets and they could still lose. Because what, what did what did uh, Walker put up? 20, 27? 20, right. So they combine for 79 points yeah. to beat Washington. You can combine for 79 points between those two players every game of the series against the Nets and still be losing by 15 points every game. And, and and that's a shame because it means that Boston does not have the pieces to support quality performances like that. And I think we talked about it with Matt Brooks. We look at the bench of Boston, right? There is just not enough depth there that when you come out of the starting unit and the Nets can feather Harden into the second unit with some of those guys who's going to match up and just stretch seven minutes before you can get Tatum and Walker and those guys back on the floor? Well, it's going to be a lot of Tatum and Walker and those guys on the floor. You're looking at, Brad Steven said it the other day, says, you're going to see a lot of 40 minutes plus for, for Jason Tatum. He's going to get like, he's going to come out at like TV timeouts and he's going to get like rest around the quarter breaks. And look, that might be enough where it's, it's a chance for Brooklyn to go on a run. This is the way I look at it. They, the Celtics still had a big lull in the second quarter against Washington. And they managed, they, they got down eight and they managed to cut it to two at the half. Uh, if that happens against Brooklyn, they're going to get down 20 and they're going to hope to manage to cut it to 14 at the half. And that's, that's going to be just, that's going to put them behind an eight ball. And, and as far as Brooklyn defensively, I know that they've figured out a couple of things and, and, but there's, there's still not a great defensive team. You don't have to be a great defensive team. I think if Brooklyn plays defense for like five minutes in this game, like that's literally all you need five minutes of Celtics go scoreless for like three and you, and you go on a 20 to two run and that's it because you're, you're just not catching up against the the Brooklyn Nets like they they just get too many too many weapons so and we had talked about this right that I think you're right the Nets it's it's all you need is four or five really good defensive possessions that that's the key here can you get a couple of key stops when you need them there's a couple there's a couple of things one on the Tatum piece I want to ask you is I mean how disappointing is it 
that he had to deal with COVID. And I mean, I, I know that that was a storyline all year long and rightfully so it drained him and it just took him so long to get back. Now, maybe he'll, they'll, they'll benefit of the gap between these right two days off in between each of the first three games yep. in the series. So certainly he should be as healthy as he could be, but I, coming into this year off of last year's performance for him, this was MVP. This is upper echelon player about to take the yep. next big leap. And it feels like it's been kicked back six months for him or you know half a season for him that's that's the thing and a lot of people i i didn't hear kendrick perkins say it but i saw the tweets about you know they're he's tired of the excuses for the celtics and blah 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 and you know there's a there's a percentage of people who who say that that's all this is is excuse but a lot of teams have gone through covid and and these um health and safety protocols that that took a lot of players out but how many have had them with their main guy um, and Tatum with, with not just missing the time, there's, there's really three things that happen. First, Tatum gets COVID and misses a bunch of time. Second, a bunch of games get postponed, but rescheduled within that month of February. So all of a sudden the Celtics already condensed schedule gets packed to a point where it's like five games and seven nights. And he's just coming off of COVID and they have to play that schedule Kemba Walker is still just coming back off of that, the, the, the knee thing, and is not playing in a lot of those back-to-backs. So the Celtics really got hurt there. And the third thing is, this is a long-haul recovery for, for Tatum. And he only, like, he was on the Woj pod, like, last week or two weeks ago and said, you know, I'm still, I'm still not breathing entirely right. And he said that he needs an inhaler before games. And so he's only just starting to, to feel like, his old self. That's just impossible to, to have a, a great regular season. Like the fact that the Celtics were 500 with just that alone happening. Then you factor in Kemba Walker didn't play in any of these back-to-backs and everything I just said that now Jalen Brown is out because he has surgery and Marcus Smart missed significant time. Like I hate to say it, but they like the Celtics, if you want to call them excuses or not, these are the things that happen. These are the reasons why the Celtics have had, the season that they've had. And it brings me back to my original point. If Tatum's feeling his best now and, and Kimball Walker is playing like, like the old Kimball Walker right now, if they can get an Evan Fournier to kind of step up. And if Marcus smart can, can kind of fill in whatever gaps and, uh, and attack and get past that initial, you know, defender and get into the middle of the lane, Marcus smart driving and kicking. And these guys getting into the lane and driving and kicking, I don't know. I'm not saying that they're going to win anything. The, 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 I don't know if you know boxing at all, but I, I compare it to Chuck Wepner versus Muhammad Ali, where Wepner was knocked Ali down in the ninth round. One, one of only four times Ali fell in his career, and he nearly lasted all 15 rounds. You know, and by the end, he looked like uh, I call it a marionette handled by a drunk puppet master, but. <laughs> That that's I think what the Celtics are are at least hoping to be. Knock them down once, make their lives hell, get to the end, and by the end of the series, have people go, God, that was a fight, man. That was a fight, and you had to knock him out, and you had to go the full fifteen rounds to knock them out. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. I understand the where the Celtics are. I understand where the Nets are. The Nets are title favorites. The Celtics have this is a lost season, but I don't know. Maybe maybe they can get down a, a knockdown. Here or there. Maybe they could take one, maybe two of these games. Who knows? 
We are going to get back to John and Adam here in a second. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Theragun. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body. You're an elite athlete or someone just like me, just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can absolutely help. It's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of speed, depth, and power. And it's quiet as an electric toothbrush. Theragun's great to use after a run. If you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or get an injury, just the stresses of everyday life, sometimes it's good to use at the end of the day. No substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's trusted by over 250 professional sports teams like me at Real Madrid and athletes like PG, Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, and more. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Not going to find a better deal than that. Go to theragun.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on. Theragun.com slash locked on. Use some of that Dan Campbell out in Detroit <laughs> mentality. We'll bite your kneecap off over here. We'll hey, let your ankle over right. there, right? You but, know, but it is. Well, and I think you're, the funny thing about it is that on paper now with the injuries, with all these things for the Celtics, you go, oh, that's a better matchup maybe than the Wizards. However, for, you know, for this for the Nets. However, we also talk about if it's about coaching. Well, Brad Stevens is the more dangerous coach between Boston and Washington. And then if it's about the general composition of the roster, li- listen, can Russell Westbrook off the season that he has, is he going to be a guy that's going to be a dog in every single fight? Of course he is. But you mentioned a guy like Marcus Smart. The, the interesting thing there is I wonder about all of the value, all the intangibles that he brings and that defensive tenacity that he brings to a team. This is where I think it does fall into a, an advantage for Brooklyn when you look at these matchups, because unlike a lot of teams, you can go out and sick Marcus Smart on Kyrie Irving Right. And then James Harden will take control of things. You can stick him on Harden and vice versa. And, and that, I think, is the other element of this matchup where you go. Now, and by the way, I, I do agree with you. I think by the end of the series, it could, be, it could be four games. And I still think that the Nets will look back at it or, you know, pundits will look at it and say, that was the hardest possible four-game series, the hardest sure. possible five-game series, because that's what the Boston Celtics team is. But when you look for at guys like Marcus Smart and what they can do for you, it is the matchup that, from a net standpoint, that says, yeah, unfortunately for you guys, we have a double down on some of these positions, on some of the matchups that make it more difficult. And then even for a player like Tatum, we're not going to shut him down, but you can throw Kevin Durant on him for a while. This is, this is my favorite thing to do, and Doug Norrie loves it. Nicholas Claxton is going to have his little roles in early playoff series. And one of the things that's nice about his versatility is you can put him on Tatum. It doesn't mean to shut him down, but it means he can extend out and defend him to the perimeter at times. Likewise for a Blake Griffin. We all know he's not that good defensively, but he's smart. He's a veteran player, Jeff Green. So the versatility the Nets have in that way, we just get to say, Tatum, you're the best, most dangerous weapon. We're going to throw seven different looks at you to varying degrees of failure but it's still going to be something that we can run out there time after time, possession after possession, where the Celtics just don't have those options. Yeah, and this is going to be the key, I think. The, the Celtics know that that's coming. The Celtics know that a double team, triple team, whatever different looks coming at Jason Tatum, Tatum has to know. They're, they want to get the ball out of your hands. And you say, okay, you know what? Do it. Get the ball out of your hands because we don't trust Brooklyn in rotation behind that. And 
if you get the ball out of your hands to Marcus Smart or to Kemba Walker uh, or even Evan Fournier, all three guys can attack. Marcus Smart is a tremendous passer, an underrated passer. All three guys, if if there's some kind of turbulence defensively behind that, you can get into that and who knows, maybe you get somebody cutting, back cutting from the weak side because someone's too occupied, okay? You double team Tatum out at the hash mark. Tatum kicks it over to the, the middle of the floor. You attack, someone goes over from the weak side and then there's your cutter, drop it off, reverse layup, go down, set your defense. Like that type of stuff. If if the Celtics... And and here's the thing that the, the Celtics have not done that this season. And going back to my original point, how much of what they've done this season really does apply here? If they can get past, if they can break that bad habit, if they with that pre- uh, practice time, that preparation, that rest, and they just get a little bit of repetition in practice about cutting back door and understanding that this is what they want, then if you can break that defensive strategy from the nets what's their plan b can they do they have a plan b do they just go into like well let's just let's just check them and, was, and get into a track meet yeah screw it let's just uh, we're just I was gonna, gonna say there isn't really the, the plan a defensively for the nets isn't exactly the you know most concrete so the, the plan b is mostly so look at there's a bucket on the inside for tristan thompson let's head the other way and look to knock down our triples i think you're right there is a world and again where the nets just say yeah we live with the results on that end of the floor this is about can you come chase us and then I was just thinking, you mentioned Tatum and having to, he's going to have to trust when the Nets try to get the ball out of his hands, trust his teammates. Yeah. This feels, this particular postseason, you know, this run for the Celtics this year, this has a bit of a vibe after losing Brown, kind of like LeBron early Cleveland days, where, you know, at a certain point in his, when he said, I'm going to make the right basketball play. Now everyone's going to scream, Tatum or LeBron, you got to take over these games. You got to score 50 every single night. But, in order to win games, in order to win series, you know it's going to take more than you. It's going to take more than those kind of performances. And I think you're right. You know, can Tatum trust and rely on? And then can those guys behind him reward him for the trust? Right. And I think Fournier becomes an interesting player. What what did you see? I know he came in and then immediately went into protocol once he was part I mean, of it. So it's like it's like just I mean, how, many, how much bad will can befall the Celtics? But let me just tell you, not only did he come in. And get into the, like, he came in, he got traded, he got a false positive. So he missed the game with health and safety protocol with a false positive, played what, one or two games, and then actually caught COVID. Yeah. That's how screwy this season has been. I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. What's your, what's, <laughs> no, no, 100%. Yeah, it feels like, you know, it's funny. Everyone says different teams are going through different things, right? But I think certain teams had a much, worse experience than others over the course of the another a second weird year for the NBA. But no, but have you seen anything from Fournier? I mean, because it's funny, the Nets with Orlando always struggled there with how they were comprised with with Vucevic and Fournier. Those, those were always a difficult team for the Nets historically over the last handful of years. But when you get when you get players off of that roster and you see them other places, I, I, sometimes I think it crystallizes it. It's like when the Nets traded away Karis LeVert, traded away Jared Allen. When I see Jared Allen now in Cleveland, I go, Oh, you're just kind of an average size guy that can do some things, but you're just a guy in the NBA. When it's on your team, it's like, no, this is a cornerstone piece. <laughs> then you see him somewhere else, and it feels a little diminished. Did you? Did you? Do you think you've seen better returns from Fournier as a Celtic than what you saw from afar in Orlando? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough 
because he had, first of all, the COVID stuff. So he's, he spent like, after he came back from that, he had some really bad games. And he said it, he felt like he was playing with a concussion. He had that, that fog. He actually got a, a vaccination shot because he had heard that that actually helps clear some of those, those symptoms. And so far that's been okay. I mean, what I've seen from him is, is, is not the level of Orlando because the ball isn't in his hands the whole time. I think he hasn't had the opportunity to really fully immerse himself in this team. He's just kind of been floating along, come in and, you know, Kemba's starting to figure things out and Jalen Brown was still there. And now, now he's coming back and Jalen's out. And so this goes to, you know, practice and all of that stuff. Well, what's, what's he going to be able to figure out? He's been more of a spot up shooter kind of guy, attack the closeouts, a high level version of that. And, and when he's gotten hot, I mean, he's really gotten hot. So um, what I'd like to see from him is more attacking, uh, running pick and roll, driving and dishing. Um, but I think I think he has a real strong opportunity to do that against Brooklyn in that scenario that I was saying before with Tatum. If you're, you're throwing two at Tatum and you're playing four on three, then Fournier has a chance to to feast in that situation. And it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where he and Kemba kind of sit. Does, does Fournier end up going to the corner and cutting – is it smart? Is it Kemba? Do they just rotate and just, hey, this is if you're close here, you do this. And uh, I'm very curious to see how how Brad Stevens kind of runs that. But I think Fournier can be can be really good. I'll tell you the one guy that I'm I think could have made this series actually interesting is Robert Williams, and and that's going to be my my wild card because I mean you guys have known like he kind of Jared Allen esque like the the hard rim roller rim protector kind of guy that that puts that puts a lot of pressure on the defense and if if now he's got turf toe and he really aggravated it in that play-in game so I don't know what he's going to be if he can be anything close to his former self 75% of himself even then if you do blitz uh Tatum and Robert Williams is on the floor and you've got three other ball handlers there then there's a potential where Robert Williams can can be doing some chin-ups on the rim, and then there, there's going to have to be uh, an adjustment. But Robert Williams could be the key to this series. If you don't have a healthy Robert Williams or, or an effective Robert Williams, then putting Tristan Thompson in there is just not going to be uh, not going to be very effective. And to that point, I think uh, you tell me what you think about this. I think if Tristan Thompson plays, you you put Jeff Green at center. And you say, okay, Tristan, go post up Jeff Green. We want to see how that goes. And just turn Tristan Thompson into a guy who wants to feast and play back to the basket. And that takes the ball out of everybody else's hands because he is like a big mouth bass. He will take that bait and just go with it, baby. All right, going to finish up things here with John and Adam in a minute. First, going to talk to you about our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Basketball playoffs about to kick into full gear. Nets minus 1,300 on Bet Online to win the series against the Celtics. They got all the NBA action you could ever dream of over there. MLB, NHL as well. It's all covered for you on over on Bet Online. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. It's your chance to get into the game as these teams prep for the runs through the playoffs. Hopefully the Nets on their way to the championship. Odds on favorite according to Bet Online to win the East. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag. You can make an account for free. And when you do, you're going to probably want to make a deposit. Make sure you use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I, I think you're 100%. It can be Jeff Green. It can be Blake Griffin for stretches. It doesn't sure. matter. You know, it, it, that would Anything be. that draws him into that post up game. That would be the almost the perfect scenario for the Nets because it's funny you're mentioning Williams and for us when we looked at it you say boy Tristan Thompson is almost the prototypical matchup that you want at the five for the Brooklyn Nets. He's a guy that wants to be closer to the basket. Yes, he has a perimeter shot, so to speak, but he also doesn't have the ability to put the ball on the floor and take you off the dribble and drive the lane. So if he's on the perimeter, you can put a lot of different defenders out there and keep them in front of you. So there's not. You know, he's not the athlete that you need at that position, unlike, say, even a Williams, where the second chance opportunities, the putback plays, right? Crashing the boards is where I think he would have a lot of success. So, yeah, in a world where, and this is where I wonder about Brad Stevens, I think that he'll see that and try to make the adjustment away from it as best that he can. But it feeds back into the death piece. If Williams is struggling with injury and Tristan Thompson is in there, there's not you know, what's the next layer deeper? How does, how does, how does Boston go quote ultra small and try to just spread things out? Because I, I'll circle back to what you mentioned about Fournier, because when you, when you talk about say the ball being in Tatum's hands, now, if you can get Marcus smart cutting and getting, getting the lead feed from Tatum driving the lane, and then it's the the secondary pass off of that that leaves open Fournier because now it's the third matchup that the Nets are trying to keep their eye on. And if they're having struggles with their switches defensively, that is where somebody's going to be in the corner. We've seen this over the course of the season. The Nets, you can you can find guys just standing as if it's a six-on-five matchup or a five-on-four, and the Nets forgot to put in their full boat of players on defense. So there, there is a world where that can become a very big factor for you. I, I, I just... You know, and I don't know why I'm trying to make a case for Boston, but I, I just think it, it's hard. It's hard to paint those scenarios where it happens for five minutes and then the Nets make an adjustment. Okay, now Stevens, what are you going to adjust to off of that? Okay, Nets make another additional adjustment. At a certain point, you just don't have enough moves to make because you don't have enough pieces to make the moves that would respond to it. If you say that Williams is a potential, you know, could be a real potential factor in this series, does that make him kind of your your dark horse player? I. I've seen Pritchard, you know, flash a handful of games over the course of the year. I like young players. I mean, is he the kind of guy that gets thrown in there and, you know, can have some fun, even just from a Celtics fan standpoint, and they get excited to see him? Sure. I mean, look, this is going to be, honestly, and this is your point that you were just making, this is throwing stuff up against the wall. (laughs) Right. That's really what it is, man. This is. And no judgments, by the way. Like no, like look, this is one's going to hold your feet to the fire about say why did you try that? Because I'm trying anything. Right, right. We're we're gonna we're gonna see what works on a game to game basis because now it's all about adjustments and all of that stuff, like you said. So you try Robert Williams. If he okay, let's say Robert Williams is not effective. So then what do you do? Uh, do you go with Tristan Thompson if Tristan Thompson is killing you with his post ups and not moving the ball? Then what do you do? Do you go with Grant Williams? Grant Williams has had kind of like an eh season like he's a second year player at his best he can hit those threes and he's a strong guy he's small but if you're going small then maybe maybe that's the answer or maybe if you get dj in there 
you go small and you just say, all right, well, let's pull DJ out a little bit and say, you got to guard Grant Williams. You got to figure something out. And, and, and here's the difference between the two teams. Boston's adjustments are Grant Williams, right? You know, <laughs> and your adjustments are basically like, let's just play James Harden a few more minutes. Like it's, it's <laughs> right, you know, yeah. like James, I, so you I go 43 instead of 40 tonight. Thanks. Yeah. Like that's, that's basically it. Like, uh, let's, you know, Oh geez, I've been staggering these guys. Let's just play all three guys together for a few minutes and then let, let's go. So in, in, in a vacuum on 2k, there's, you know, a potential where the Celtics can kind of keep it close and, and keep it, you know, from getting out of hand, but you can't rely on the guys that I'm suggesting. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard could come in there and hit a few threes, but he's small. And the second that he's in there, if I expect the Celtics defensively to switch a bunch, uh, they'll throw some zone out there. They'll do all sorts of different things to try to keep those guys in front. You don't want to have James Harden in the lane throwing lobs. You don't want to have him running off of pick and rolls. You've got to, you know, that's why I think Marcus Smart's going to be all up in Harden's grill, trying to frustrate him like he has in the past. And it's going to basically be, I think, Tatum on on Durant, but there's going to be a lot of switching because you just can't have those guys turning the corner. So what's Durant going to do? He's going to find Pritchard's guy and he's going to post up Peyton Pritchard and he's going to take jump shots because he won't even know that Pritchard is there. That (laughs) shot, that jumper is going to come literally like five feet above Pritchard's head. So that's not going to be bothered at all. So yeah, Aaron Neesmith is a guy who has come in big wing switchable. Sure. Rookie who's had a very rough season up until recently. You Romeo Langford, a guy who's had a completely lost season, another COVID case. He came back off of wrist surgery. The day he was supposed to come back off of wrist surgery, COVID. So he's missed the entire season. He's been a mess, but six, four switchable long arms can play good defense. What's he going to do? What, what are we looking for from him? These are all guys that if they play their absolute best might be effective for a little bit, but then at some point, Kevin Durant's going to be like, Oh yeah, you're Romeo Langford. <laughs> let me just, let me just drop four, four buckets in a row on you. And then it's like, well, we had it to four and now it's 12. And, you know, you keep, maybe you can cut it to six, but it's going to be like the ocean, like the, the tide coming in, like it just keeps coming and then it pulls back and it just keeps coming. And next thing you know, you're up over your head. Like that's what I feel like that's what these games are going to be like. Yeah. And like I say, I think the, the, the biggest thing to me is if, if Boston just, just forces the nets to really have to earn the, the victories. And this is unfortunately from a Celtics fan standpoint, this is the net saying like, how much of a speed bump are you going to be for us? Right. That, that's what we're talking about. Well, and it, it, and, and if you, and if you tax us, if you make it more physical, if you get a few more minutes out of all the stars in order to earn it, then that, that affects us in the deeper playoff picture. And that's by the way, that's something that I think for a Celtics team this year, you can hang your hat on that almost. Hey, we really annoyed the crap out of the Nets for four or five games. And when they're maybe struggling against the Bucs or struggling against the 76ers, we had a role in that. Yeah, you know, we, sure, we, we, sure. we did a little something there. Uh, the only thing I want, I want to ask you um, is about Brad Stevens. It, it, 
what's the state of him? I, I mean, it, has the fan base turned on him? Has he lost touch? I mean, early in the season, there was that speculation that it was kind of like he doesn't have the right personality anymore for the team. That seems odd because it's a lot of the same guys that have been there with him. I mean, I, I know the voice sometimes gets a little bit thin in the room after a certain amount of time, but some of it was like that, that you know, he's lost the coaching acumen, which I don't think is a thing that coaches generally lose touch with. Right. Um, I think we've seen that when he's got better players around, suddenly he's a better coach, right? Like Steve Nash is a really good coach. Right. Like that's kind of how it goes. (laughs) Um, uh, I I think that Brad Stevens, like the criticism of of Brad Stevens and it's come from like a vocal minority. I don't think it's funny from my side. I, I see just from Twitter, which I know Twitter is not real life, but, um, you, that's the only connection I have. And, and people are like, why does everyone in the media refuse to blame Brad Stevens? Well, maybe because we're all around these guys and we kind of see that it's, this isn't really Brad Stevens fault. Like, why is he playing Grant Williams so much? Who else is he going to play? Like there's, right. there are a lot of things and you know, there's a criticism that he doesn't play the younger guys and all this other stuff. There's been all sorts of criticism. Bottom line is, he hasn't had a fully healthy squad. He hasn't been able to, like, if this season was a normal season and the COVID didn't exist and they had practice time and all that stuff, who knows what this season would have been like. Yeah. You know, if this season had just started in January, like they had originally said, then Kemba Walker, the original plan was for him to come back in January, which he did, but instead, instead of being there for the start of the season, he missed like 20 games. So... Who knows? I, I don't think Brad Stevens has been any worse. You look for signs that a, a coach has lost his team. You look for things like, you know, do they have any resolve to come back? And they do. They they have come back from big deficits. So it's not like they're just like, you know what? Forget it. I also hear these guys in the postgame Zooms. They're echoing what Brad Stevens is saying in the locker room. So if you're repeating kind of what the coach is saying, that means you're listening to what the coach is saying. So that that level of kind of staying on message means that they're sticking to their, you know, they're sticking together. So I don't think that he's lost the team. I don't think he's lost the ability to coach. I think what he has is lost the ability to have a fully healthy team to maximize what they can be. So, you know, it how many great coaches have almost been fired. I mean, Greg Popovich was almost fired for God's sake. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know where Brad Stevens is going to stand historically. I don't know where he stands in the league right now. There are a lot of great coaches in this league, but I think he's a pretty good coach. And if the Celtics were to get rid of him, they would regret it. And another team out there would just be like salivating. Like, Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Let's Let's sign Brad Stevens to a multi-year deal now. The question for the, for another day would be where does uh, Danny Ainge stand in the in the in the circumstances of it all, and what that's, role does he play in in Brad Stevens' ability to have success? But that's you know, we'll do a whole podcast <laughs> on that when the off season comes, which might be in a couple of weeks. So, we'll no, see. listen, uh, yeah, listen, don't 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 trust Twitter too much on this stuff, but. No. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I, I, I'm going for, I, th- I think the gentleman's sweep makes yeah. sense here. I think the Celtics and Stevens and uh, all things being considered earned a 500 record this year and got their way in. I, I think they're worth one and a couple of really tough games. 
Yeah, I can see that. I, you know, I might give them as I might give them a second one. I think there's there's a Tatum game where yeah. Tatum wills them to a win. There's a potential for a Marcus Smart game in there where he just annoys the crap out of James Harden and Harden elbows him in the face and gets a flagrant two and gets booted and the whole <laughs> thing goes nuts. Like something like that. Like a game in Boston where it's a full full stadium. At least one of these games are going to be full capacity in Boston. Um, in fact, game three is the day before full capacity, and game four is definitely going to be full capacity. I wonder if the state's going to be like, you know what? We're going to say full capacity as of 8 p.m. the night before to see if they can get like a full arena there. Um, but I can see like a, a Kyrie overreacting to Boston fans, smart, annoying the crap out of James Harden and just one of those. All right. You know what? Throw it away. We lost our composure type of games from Brooklyn, but that I would, I would max out at two. You're probably more on point with the one win. Um, and then just, just got to hope that for the Celtics that they, I, I just want them to make Brooklyn feel them by the end of this. Like by the end, I want Brooklyn to be like, damn, we had to earn that win. However many games it takes. Saturday cannot come soon enough. Love it.